you're just joining us online or wherever, however you're joining us. Um, Wow, what a time in the presence of the Lord. I, uh, you know, I believe, and I'm finding this out in the youth room, that a time is coming when we are just going to sing the name of Jesus. We don't need wordy songs. We're just going to exalt his name, and we're going to see people get free. So Ian's going to help me on keys for a minute, and I just want you to thank the Lord. Where the parable of the sower, and he, the, the sower scattered the seed abroad. There's different types of soil, and this morning, while Ian's helping me, I want you to make sure you're that good soil. Make your heart ready. Position your heart. Come on, just give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are holy. You are worthy. Alpha and Omega, both lion and lamb, beginning and the end. Oh, your eyes are a fire. Out of your mouth is a sword. Your voice is of many rushing waters. Jesus, come. Mm. Come, Jesus, come. We enter into your courts with thanksgiving. We are thankful, Jesus, that you are who you say you are. We are thankful, Jesus, that you are the only one worthy. We are thankful, Lord, that when you embarrassed the devil, they said, Who is this king of glory, strong in battle? That Jesus is in our midst right now. Come, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you fight for us. Thank you, Lord, that you paid my ransom. Thank you, Jesus. If you do not one more thing for me, thank you that you saved me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The blood speaks a better word. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How could I ever hold back my praise? How could I ever have your way, Jesus? Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Now, Lord, as the old time pastors would say, hide me behind the cross. Let it be your voice, not mine. Have your way, Jesus. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Oh, goodness, goodness. Oh, how good is the Lord. All right. I've got a word today that, uh, thank you, Ian. I love the keys. I love a pad, you know. It makes it a little more spiritual. I have a word this morning. Um, I shared it with our youth group. If any of you have teens in the youth group, you know we we don't hold back. We probably have broken every single youth group growth rule that there is. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Anyways, um, the good part is when you get a youth group addicted to the presence of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to do a whole lot. I close at 8 o'clock and they hang out until 8.45. (laughs) sweet. Um, But I have a word this morning, and um, our youth group heard it first, even though Daniela swears that this won't be the same as when I shared it a couple weeks ago. Um, And then I shared part two last Sunday with them. Um, And I let them know that when you spend time with the Lord, he teaches you. He reveals the mysteries of the kingdom. It's just the way it is. Um, And I have a lot of teachings on flowing in the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, all those different things. But for some reason, um, I I shared earlier this year, some of you may remember it was on intimacy, intimacy with the Father. And for some reason, he won't let me leave that. 
And I'm like, but Lord, man, you have given me a lot of good stuff. So I can't move. And he won't let me move from that place. And finally, a few weeks ago, he led me to a passage of Scripture in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, where he is speaking of the seven churches in Revelation. Um, the first church we read about is called the Loveless Church. And Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 is going to be our landing place. We'll visit some other scriptures this morning, but Revelation 2, 4 is where we're going to continue to go. And it says this, it's simple. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. It says, nevertheless, anytime there's a nevertheless or a therefore, he's going to give you instruction or say something important. So pay attention. So that's me telling you, pay attention. Nevertheless, I have this against you. Are you ready? That you have left your first love. I'm not pausing because I don't know what to say. I'm pausing. I'm letting this sink in. Jesus is addressing a church, and he says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. But look at the resume of this church. I mean, there's the dead church in here. There's the faithful church, the lukewarm church. But the first church that he addresses, it says that um, he knows their works. He knows their labor. He knows their patience. He knows that they cannot bear those that are evil. All this stuff is good, right? I know your works. I know you're patient. I know that you don't accept false prophets and, and, and all these uh, you know, swift talkers. But he says, I have this against you. All that's great. All that's good. But you left your first love. And friends, I'm afraid... That we in the church of America, we've left our first love. I'm afraid that we, I was riding in the car, I I work with two Christian men. Andrew's a worship leader, and him and I normally do deliveries, and we spend a lot of time talking about the Lord. To Columbus back, house to house, dropping off tables. We talk about the Lord the whole time, and next thing you know, it's been 10 hours, and we've talked about Jesus the whole time. And he said, Blaine, I feel that the Lord is, and every time we go through Mary, and he goes, I've got a word for you. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, every time we cross into Marion County, the Lord starts to speak to me about you. And I said, okay. And Andrew said, I think the Lord is telling you to prepare your message to the nations. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay. (laughs) And so I just kind of went on and continued. Danny and I continued to just minister to the teens and to every, like the different uh, ministries that we do. But the Lord last night, Roe asked me to speak uh, maybe last week. I don't remember when. I said, okay. So I started praying, Lord, what do you want me to share? And he said, I want you to share the message I've given to you for the nations. And I'm like, what's that? You forgot to give it to me. (laughs) I'm not sure what you're talking about. And he took me back to first love, this message of first love. And and so we're going to dive into this thing. And I'm really believing the Lord's going to move. I'm really believing for an amazing time. So... If you will with me, just, just let's forget about the clock. Let's forget about everything that's going on and let's just have the Lord have your way. I, um, I told you last time I spoke, I've been gripped with this new wine. When David said, my cup runs over, I'm starting to get that. Maybe the kids would say no cap. Is that right? No. Does that mean serious? Oh, no. Okay, so like no lie, no cap, man. <laughs> I am like intoxicated on this wine from heaven and and I feel like I'm going to burst. And the Lord, is, Lord has been showing me things. And um, respect for Pastor Rob, I'm not going to tell you everything that I feel. 
because not all of it's nice and loving. I'm, I'm troubled. Um, as I, I don't spend a lot of time in the news, but when I watch it, I, I feel that I heard the Lord say, I hear the generations weeping, or I'm sorry, it says a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And I felt like I heard the Lord say, I hear the mourning of generations to come receiving the inheritance left behind. What are we leaving the next generation? What are we leaving the next generation? Such good, I love that Corey sang Reckless Love and Teresa mentioned David. See, I always heard messages that, you know, 10 steps how to be a giant killer. Do this to kill your giants. And it always set me up for failure. But then I begin to read the scriptures out of love. And I realize David didn't kill Goliath to be a giant killer. He killed Goliath out of his love for the Lord. See, people say, David, or, uh, um, David, sorry. David killed Goliath because he hated Goliath. No, he didn't. He killed Goliath out of the love for the father. So he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine mocking? The church's resume was pretty good, but Jesus said, you have left your first love. My second part of this message I shared with the youth group, I said, how many of you feel like your life has overflowed into your 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 actions, how you act, and you've done works for the kingdom, and they all raised their hand, and I said, give me an example, and they said, well, we've, you know, we've given people gas cards, and we've given people food, and we've done this, and all of that, and while that's good, I said, what about, like, I'm so gripped with this love, my life overflows, and my works is what's going on up there in his heart is going on in my heart. So my works is when I see people, I see them through the eyes of Jesus, and I just can't help myself. What about your works being I preach the gospel at school, at, in the locker room? And, and, and for us, we have to get out of this Western culture church mindset and say, my works are pretty good. Like, we did this for the community, and we did that, and we did this, and all of that is good. But when are we going to start acting out of first love where we preach the gospel everywhere we go? It is our way of life. It pours out of us. It is, I am messed up in this first love. I'm, I'm, to God, first love means more than what your church does on your Saturday bake sale. It's, we have to be gripped with this first love if we're going to see our community saved. We have to. We have to get back to this place. So first love in, in, in the Greek comes from this, this word first is protos. And it means first in time or in place. In any succession, it means first in time and in place. And the root word of that is pro, which means before. So, so it means that you're my first love before anything else. It's this, and the, the Greek word for love is agape, which we know is only godly love. And it's, it's the first thing in my life is this love of Jesus. And, and you know, I, I want to say this. I believe that everybody, every human alive was created to believe in some sort of higher power. We were, we're, we're drawn to operate out of like loving something and like a love because we turn our attention to it. It's, it's, um, we're all created to live and to function from a place of first love. Everyone believes in something, but that thing doesn't always love them back. 
And when it doesn't love them back, they grow weary and tired and restless and things like depression and anxiety. There's always a side effect of first love. And when that happens, they, they become broken and they become, well, we're, I, I'm just down and this is just life. Everybody believes in something. But does that thing love you back? If it doesn't love you back, it'll lead to torment. I can never be satisfied. This thing will never love me back. But first love with the Father is always filled with rest. It's always satisfying. It's always, even though it may look like you're going through hell, I'm still resting. I'm still satisfied. My cup is still filled. How do I know this? It's scripture. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Listen to this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. This word, I knew you, is the same as Mary was pregnant with Jesus before she knew a man. It's a Jewish idiom, so bear with me. My youth group handled this, so I'm sure you can. It's a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. It's intimacy. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So right off the get-go, before he puts us in our mother's womb, we were intimate with the Father. So there is a longing inside of us to be intimate with the higher power. But he gives us the free will, hence the Garden of Eden, to choose him. Hmm. He says he knew us. And he set us apart. He set us apart to be sons and daughters. He set us apart to be representatives of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So when we see hell in the world, chaos, what's the church doing? Are we acting in first love? I love 2020. I am so thankful. As a pastor, evangelist, whatever you want to call me, I don't really care. Apostle, I don't care. I just love Jesus and I share the word. He'll tell me what title I am when I get there. Maybe, I don't know. doesn't matter. <laughs> I've wrestled. Sometimes people are like, man, I see apostleship on your life. And people say, you're a prophet. And I'm like, I, he hasn't told me yet, so I just keep preaching. <laughs> um, but, but, but he set us apart. And, 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 and right now, we have a prime opportunity in the middle of chaos, in the middle of an election, to show the love of Jesus to the world. I want to say this. The world has had enough of church. People have plugged in and remained broken. People have come in confused, sexual confusion. Their identity is confused. Everything about it, depressed, anxious, they come in and they leave the same. Because if you haven't noticed, a 12-step course doesn't fix it. We can't limit the supernatural by boxing it in the natural. This is our church method, plug in. And again, I'm not speaking to the gathering place. I'm here. I went to a few churches before I got here. So I'm not just down. I'm, I'm speaking this because this is what the Lord's been showing me. We have to walk in first love because first love is the only place where you will totally let him take control. It's like a teenage girl. Love being youth pastors. Oh, camp. I'm touched by the father and he's so good. Oh, my gosh. Is that guy single? He just texted me. Hang on, Jesus. I'll be right back. Where, where'd they go? Well, they're acting in first love, so they ditch everything else. That doesn't matter. I'm after him. They're after what they think is love. 
That's what they, I mean, that's what we get all the time. Where's she at? Oh, I don't know. She got a boyfriend. They break up. Hey, Danny, bet you five bucks you come to youth tonight. Boom, there she is. Again, I'm just saying, it, it's so you get it. It's, it's acting out of first love. First love's the only place where we're like, oh, Jesus, you're great. Remember when we used to like read, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? We just believed it. <laughs> we're like, where's water at? Where's it at? I'll go walk on it right now. I remember when it said, when he sent the apostles out and he said, raise the dead. I'm like, I'm going to the morgue. Where's it at? I'm going. Like, there, there was one time I, I knew a girl in our school and she had cancer. And, and I, I, I didn't know her family well enough to pray for her. But I, I truly believed that, man, God, God can heal that. And if I could just get to the hospital and pray for her. And it's, it wasn't me thinking I was God. It was me just being in first love. But see, I, I had to catch myself because now I tried to say, well, yeah, maybe if they just come to our youth group and I could get them in there and take them through what Danny and I do. And I tried, I, 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 I put it in this Western culture box and it just, God's like, where, like you've forgotten about me. He's on the outside saying, I'm here. Remember first love when you, when you would do anything I said and you'd read the scriptures and you'd highlight the genealogies and you would just, you believed it. But now we paint it on a piece of wood and hang it in our kitchen. Or we put it on a shoe and make a three-pointer. God convicted me, and, and, and he just said, Blaine, if, if you mean what you're saying, you've got to get back to your first love. You won more people to Christ before you had a platform. I used to go to the park and play basketball where they'd be smoking and cussing and doing all things, and I would invite everybody to church. Now I'm like, I just won't hang out there. Now that can be a fine line. Maybe, maybe it shouldn't be a place I just dwell, but like I used, to, I used to do more acting in first love. So today... I hope to ignite your fire. I hope to fan that flame that's went out to get us back to first love. If you focus on building the kingdom, the gathering place will grow. If you focus on building the gathering place, it won't grow. If you tell people how great Pastor Roe is over how great Jesus is, you're not impressing. You're not impressing the Father. I used to want people to tell. I used to love it because where I come from, nobody preached like I preached. And I used to love it. I used to be like, yeah, come, come where I'm preaching. Then a few people got healed, and then my head got bigger. And then all of a sudden, nobody got healed. Then all of a sudden, I was going to start a church, and that failed. Then all of a sudden, I give up on my faith because it didn't go my way because it wasn't about first love. And so, guys, I'm gripped with this first love. So... How else do I know first love in, in Jeremiah 1.5? Before we were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Um, it, it's, it's, this first love is so vital because the, the disciples, I love how they were mending their nets. It, it, the, the two that were mending their nets, I love this because it's so specific. And we serve a specific God and he meets you right where you're at. And see, they could have been gutting the fish. They could have been repairing their Fishing gear, they could have been doing anything else, but they were mending their nets. When you break down the word mending, it's cartartiso. And it means to fix or repair, to make sound, to equip, to make one what it was created to be. So as they were mending their nets, doing in life what they thought identified them, doing what they thought made them who they were, Jesus walked on the scene and said, drop your nets and follow me. And it, it, it mended their hearts and they followed him, no questions asked. You notice the disciples when Jesus said, you know, come and follow me. Uh, they weren't disciples, but they said, I, I want to go with you. And they said, well, 
well, let me go bury my dad first, or let me go do this. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the disciples that his voice triggered in some, something inside them that said, I was created for that voice, and it just fixed something inside of me. I didn't have to sign up for a church membership. I didn't have to go through a three-step process. His voice triggered something in me and said, I was made for that. And I said, no questions asked, I'll follow you. I'll drop the fishing nets. Everything else can fall if it will. Jesus, I will be with you. And that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. We were made for this. We were made for intimacy. We weren't made for preaching. God is not going to look at me and say, Preacher Blaine, he did good. He's just going to call me son. Another knew where it says, I knew you. Mary was with Jesus before she knew a man. Another one is Matthew. Where he says, depart from me, I never knew you. But didn't we raise the dead? Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we? I never knew you. That means intimacy is more important than the prophet or apostle before your name. That means intimacy is more important than keeping your bulletin in your schedule. We're breaking into a day where first love is going to erupt from the churches. And there will be no governmental power that can stop it. They won't have an answer for it. The first love that he is talking about. To the loveless church. It's like John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Shall not perish. But have eternal life. For God so loved. How many of you have kids? Can you imagine. The neighbor or the boss. Or the employee that you don't really care for. That gets on your nerves. The drug addict. The rapist. Giving your child for them. You might say, well, maybe if I knew. Think about somebody that you said you've hated at one point. He gave his child for them. He didn't hate them. But they were the, who we think are the worst of the worst. He gave his son to die. That's how much he loved the world. That whosoever believe it. See, we stop there. We stop there. We say, come to the altar, whosoever acknowledge him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But the problem is acknowledgement and believing are two different words, two different things. See, because we fall into confusion. We say, okay, I acknowledge him. I repeated a prayer. So my mind is trying to wrap around this newness and my mind is going tireless, chasing after. I don't smoke, drink, chew, date girls who do. I don't cuss. I don't do this. Can't have sex before marriage. I can do everything else, just not sex. And I can do this and I can do that. And what, what box can I put Christianity in where I just won't burn in hell? That's not love. Love is whosoever believes in him. Let me, let me, let me break this down very simple for you. When you believe in him, Jesus possesses your body. That's why Paul called himself a, a love slave, a bond servant. It was delivered from being a slave to sin, but I, I'm obsessed with this. Jesus will never put a restraining order against you. I can promise you that. He'll never say, man, you're too much. Can I just have a little space? This is the third weekend in a row. Chill, Daniela. He's like, I keep having my arms open. 
But see, here's the thing. When we try to just acknowledge him, we can't wrap our mind around Christianity and the old dying. So then we get weary and tired because our mind can't comprehend a supernatural love because we have a natural mind and we're born into sin. And so this supernatural thing happens where we hear the voice of God, but, but we don't just completely let our heart go. So we try to play a mind game. And when we do that, we grow weary and tired and restless and we don't last. But a heart after Jesus, get this, this is a quote for you. This is my quote for, this, for, the, for the time I have with you. A heart after Jesus will, I just messed it up. <laughs> Let me get another shot. Our Jesus will break every restraint of the mind. A heart after Jesus will break every restraint of your mind, meaning it starts in the heart. Let me go back to the uh, teenage girl. She goes after this guy and the parents are like, what is she thinking? She's not. She thinks her heart. So, of course, she's not thinking. So you have the right to say, what is she thinking? This guy's older than her. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do what? He doesn't love the Lord. I don't hear that come out much. But anyways, her mind is not thinking. And she's going with her heart. But see, we don't do that to Jesus. We try to do it in our mind. And then we grow tired and we say, oh, it just didn't work for me. I know he said I'm free from that anxiety, but I just couldn't wrap my mind around it, so I jumped right back into it. But a heart will break the restraints of your mind. Believing is letting my heart go. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. That's why he says he's close to the brokenhearted. When you realize you're born into sin, when you realize you can't do it on your own and you give him your heart, Every restraint of your mind. Well, yeah, but I feel like I'm an orphan. Give him your heart. Yeah, but I have anxiety. Give him your heart. Yeah, but my mind, I I have an orphan spirit. Why would God want to bless me? Give him your heart. The city looks so bad. I don't know. The guy I voted for didn't get in office. or This didn't happen. What's going to happen? Give him your heart. We can't put the supernatural in the box of the natural. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. But see, the enemy has created lies. The prince of the air has lied and and taken control of enough people's mind that he's altered what we think about love. So we've been hurt. We've been this. We've been that. So how could we give a God that we can't see our heart? He might hurt me. It's a heart issue. It is a heart issue. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, will be your way of life. Not when you think of how to do it, when you let your heart go. When you, Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Do what is true. I'm, you'll only lay on the altar. Laying on the altar being a sacrifice does not make sense unless your heart is saying, oh, anything you ask, Jesus, just to be at your feet, just to be with you. It's a heart thing. Here's what will happen when your heart's after Jesus. You hear, for God so loved the world that he give his only begotten son. And you'll stop there and say, this God give his son for me. This, this, nobody's done anything for me like that. Nobody's, for God so loved the world. I, I'll quit making excuses on how to not live a righteous life, on how to not live and strive after a holy life. I'll I'll stop right there and I'll live in the fear of the Lord. He loved the world that he gave his son for me. 
How could I ever live lukewarm? How could I ever hold back? How could I ever lie and and create ways and put the supernatural in a box so I can live in sin? He didn't die for that. He died for our whole heart. And, and when you get to this place where your heart is after him, you will you'll live in this place of, oh my gosh, I am possessed by him. My heart's after him. And what happens is my heart is after him. He has possessed me with this love that he gave his only son, that when my heart is after that, he dumps the blood of the lamb on me. And see, the Holy Spirit will never leave the blood. When he sees the Holy Spirit searches throughout the earth. And when somebody says, Christ, I accept you into my heart. Not acknowledgement in the mind. Their heart believes and says, what kind of God is this? They get smeared with the blood and (sighs) Holy Spirit right inside of them, the breath of life. Just like when Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. Here's what happens. I asked the youth, I said, being in a church like TGP, I wasn't in there when I, I wasn't in a church like this when I grew up. What do you think it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Speaking in tongues. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Prophesying. Mm, okay. Healing. Mm. Dancing during church. Mm, okay. Here's what I think. And this is split church denominations. What's it look like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I say you need to speak in tongues. I say you need to do this. And this is split. Can you imagine the lives that would be changed in the states that would be run by spirit-led men and women if we wouldn't divide over the dumbest things? But when you leave first love, you do stupid stuff. It may make sense to a carnal, natural mind, but it doesn't make sense to a heart after Jesus. There's a difference. Here's what it looks like. When the Holy Spirit sees you and your heart believes in the Father, believes in him. He says, what kind of God is this that gave his life for me? And you're smeared in the blood and the Holy Spirit comes. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That means if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you live in fear. Again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will cry out, Abba, Father. Like I preached last time that your one message will be Christ, Christ and him crucified. You will know one thing. It's Jesus, the spirit. It doesn't say you cry out for him because your mind, if you haven't believed in him. If you haven't given your heart over and just said, here's my heart, Jesus, I'm in I'm in this place. This is the love I I was created for that love that before you put me in the womb, you looked at me and you knew me and I'm here in life and I don't know and I'm confused. And is it this or is it that? But you spoke to me and I give you my heart. When that happens, the spirit enters you and then you cry out, Abba, Father. Then it's all about Jesus. Then he is the answer to every problem that you have. It is Jesus Nothing else give their life for you on the cross. End of story. Well, yeah, but what if we sing too long? Well, you guys, I didn't die on the cross for you. So we can worship as long as we want. Because I think in heaven they're still worshiping. They're they're singing holy, holy, holy. So, so, I mean, we we should serve nothing else but but Jesus. We should give him our heart because he's the only one that died so that we don't burn in the pit of fire, the, the, the lake of fire. 
Come on. That's the evidence. Is, is crying out. Crying out, Abba, Father. Not on our own might, but the Holy Spirit. If you're having, I, I want to add this. If you are having any type of identity issue, or you know someone that is, they need to give their heart to Jesus. Because the Spirit will come in there and cry out, Abba, Father. And it, it, our, uh, the, the Spirit bears witness that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness that we are children. He, he, every time. If I try to find my identity in preaching, I'll leave empty. There have been great evangelists that have preached th- like crusades where thousands get saved. And a few months later, they die, die of alcoholism. Because being an evangelist doesn't save you. Only Jesus can save. Only my heart after him truly brings intimacy and connection. And when your heart, when when your heart begins to cry out, Abba, Father, here's what happened. That heart that breaks every restraint of your mind, here's why. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. A heart after Jesus. A heart after Jesus will allow the mind to be renewed. But if it starts in the mind, it doesn't say let your heart be renewed. It doesn't say give Jesus your mind and your heart will be renewed. It talks about when your heart is his and you cry out, Abba, Father, he'll transform your mind. If you're struggling with pornography, you need to cry out, Abba, Father. If you're struggling with gossip, if you're struggling with um, being greedy over money, if you're struggling with hate and gossip and all those different things, you need to cry out, Abba, Father. Your heart needs to be his. It needs to be in first love. See, I've, I've tried to say, yeah, but God, I'm, I'm still pretty good. Like, um, I, I still do all these things. And I realize the only way to be free is giving him my heart. Because if where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Why do we see church people so bound? Why? Why? Why when a pandemic hits to the church, tuck their tail between their legs and sit down? Why? 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 Some of the most fearful people I know go to church every Sunday. And I'm not condemning them. I asked the youth group, I said, how many of you think I'm too hard on you? They all raised their hand. I'm like, well... Sorry. <laughs> Babe, we're going to get fired. <laughs> no. I, I'm saying that I don't have to be hard on you. It's give your heart like fully to Jesus. Give your heart fully to him. And everything's easy. I've learned that preaching is easy now. And, and I'm not saying getting up and preaching to you and, and, and asking, like coming up with a message. It's, it's easy when I don't have to come up with a message. It's easy when I just be with the Lord and he gives me what to say. I heard a pastor that I follow say, he has pastors all over the world come to him and say, dude, do we, do we preach the presence? Do we preach the word? Do we preach healing? He's like, why don't you just have one hand on the pulpit and one hand in the cloud? Why don't you just be so in love that you're not worried about what it looks like Sunday morning? And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try that. It's only teens, like they can't hate me, right? And I tried that and like, we had ones that have been going the whole time we've been youth leaders and they give their heart to Jesus. I'm like, wow. When I don't try to make Blaine look good, things are a lot easier. <laughs> Danny has, she's found out like, it's so easy when I just don't worry about what we're singing. Just say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? And all of a sudden the song of heaven comes. 
First love will make you do crazy things. <laughs> mm, first love. It's time. It is time to fall back in love. There are two sides, the safe and the radical, and I just say, let the remnant rise. Let the lovers, let the lovers rise. Let the lovers rise. There's going to be times in the days coming. I know Pastor Rowe will never waver. He's a man filled with the Spirit. There will be days in, to come that he will preach for two hours and you'll just have to get over it. And there will be times he doesn't take the pulpit because the worship's got you on the floor. You have a little floor burn on your nose or something. It, it, it's just, it, we have to be about him. We have to be about him. We, we have to, and, and it, it, it's, it's only crazy if you're not in love. Love will make you do crazy things. I, uh, Hannah, I shared this message. It was quite a bit different, so you were right, babe. It wasn't going to be the same. And uh, Hannah and Marie hung out afterwards, and we're just kind of talking about how sweet the Lord is. And Hannah said, yeah. I said, Hannah, you want to share Wednesday? Yeah. I said, okay. I said, you can either have five minutes or the whole time. You do whatever you want to do, girl. So she gets Wednesday. She just starts sharing about how the love of Jesus has transformed her life and how sweet it is, and it was so great. And uh, afterwards, she's done, and she's praying for some girls. And I just feel like lay your hand on her, and I laid my hand on her. And I know Hannah's received words over her life, and that's great. She's got a huge calling on her life. But when I laid my hand on her life, God said to tell her that she will teach a generation. Now, most people are like, yep, heard that word before. Going to speak to the thousands, going to speak to the nations. <laughs> Is that a conference in Michael Miller's life? I know it's a conference, so somebody's going to get sent to the nation. So here's you. Like, it just it becomes it becomes like we just do it. But I laid my hand on Hannah on her shoulder, and I felt the Lord say, "You're going to teach a generation how to adore." You know who else got that message? It's John the Baptist. See, a lot of church things were happening. People were getting baptized. Actually, probably more radical than we. Well, we had a pretty radical baptism service here. You guys remember that people were jumping in. Ian just like throws his bass off and he's like. Cannibal, poof. That was a double baptize, you know. That was awesome. But there were prostitutes being baptized at the Jordan. There were the just people from all over going to the Jordan. But John the Baptist, I heard an evangelist a long time ago when I first got saved say this. The most radical revival scripture in all of the New Testament is when John the Baptist stops what he's doing and says, Behold the Lamb of God. And I, I realize the message that God told me to tell Hannah is a John the Baptist moment when Jesus come on the scene and Jesus is coming back. So I believe Hannah is going to be a John the Baptist um, woman of God that prepares a way saying, adore the Lord. We need more people to open up their homes and teach people how to adore the Lord. We need more people that doesn't have to say, thou saith the Lord. Here's your prophetic word for your life. And just say, even if I don't have a... Now, that's good if the Lord tells you to say that. But I'm so tired of different things that we have to do and church growth and church this and church that. We need to teach people that it's okay to spend hours adoring the Lord, being with him in the secret place. He says in red letters, so he means that he's saying, listen... Do your good deeds in the secret place. Prayer and pray in the secret place. Fast in the secret place. We need to teach a generation that it, I know you want everything two day shipping. You want to download it now. You want a faster computer, a faster computer, a faster this. You can't wait for this. But there is a blessing for those that will wait on the Lord. 
There is a blessing for those that find joy. I, I, I remember this, this scripture that God put in my heart for a next generation. And it's, you notice that um, um, when Moses was in the tabernacle, that, that, that Joshua, right, is Joshua. When Moses would leave, it said that Joshua did not depart from the tabernacle. Before he ever entered the promised land, he learned to hang out in the presence. Because first love will make you do crazy things. People may say, it doesn't take all of that. I heard that my whole life. Blaine, you want to preach radical like that. I hope you know heaven's not going to be very full with the gospel you preach. I hope you really know that, that. I realize that person's just not in love. My mind would want to say, well, tell them why they're wrong. But my heart will say, since they're not in love, love on them. That's why Jesus, being in love, looks like this. You're getting crucified, beaten, beyond recognition. And you say, Father, forgive them. Operating in first love. I've talked to a lot of people that either happy or unhappy with the election results. And I said, here's one thing I hope and I pray for no matter who gets in office. Let the Daniels arise. Let the Daniels arise. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, I would love if one day they say, I've been born again. (laughs) But how many Christians would say, I don't believe it? Because it doesn't fit in their mind. First love. So Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. See, when you're born again, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. That means you must be born from a higher place, a higher place. Your heart, see, again, you you notice I'm going to keep saying this, but it's because it matters. Your mind will say, how do I get to that place? The earth will tell you, I've said this in youth, as you go to college and you start to go in jobs and start at the bottom of the totem pole, your mind and the world tells you, Ro, you have to do X, Y, and Z and undercut this person and that person so you can make it to the top. But Jesus, in a, in a heart after him, will say, always take the low place and I will bring you higher. And being born again starts with washing feet. And when you wash feet, he will be the one to elevate you. If you want to win your neighborhood, if you want to win unsaved people, you have to start by taking the low place. Taking the low place. We have to take the supernatural out of the natural and operate in this wild, crazy first love. You know, Danny and Abigail and Joey, we had this youth rally and we had an in-between time and they're like jamming hard to this like, I don't know, I wasn't in church when I was younger, so I didn't get the joy of hearing all these songs. It was like, yes, Lord, yes, yes, yes. And they're like dancing, they're doing the motions and they're like, Joey's getting into it. Everybody's having a good time. And I realized, I was like, that, that song's like simple and it's for like children's ministry, I think, and different like youth ministry and different stuff. But I said, what if it is that simple? Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen. (laughs) Do you love me? Yeah. Will you go where I go? Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen. Did Joey add that or is that part of it? Okay. It's part of it. If you're watching, I love you, Joey. But it's, 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 what if it was that easy? But see, as we go in the church in another year and another year in Rose, like, hey, let's get some people plugged in. Not bad on his mind at all. We start to get plugged in and we start to do this and we start to do this and we start to do that. And we feel like we're gaining and we forget our childlikeness. And Jesus is still waiting for us. And what happens is we do a lot of good things, but good and God are different. 
Because why would there be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? There was good and evil, but they had God. That tells you there is a difference. There is a difference. And I promise you, I, I, I told Daniela, we talked about our marriage and our family, and we're entering into what will be our first full year together. 2021 will be the first full, and then we go from January to December. And I'm like, it can't be the same as the months that we had married in 2020. Like, I want to see more people one to Christ. That doesn't mean we have to start a church or we have to do this. Like, we'll do whatever God wants us to do. We can we preach a youth group, but it's bigger than that. See, because every time it's like, let's talk about our year. What are we going to do? What are we going to do this? You want to write this? I want to write a book. I want to. But that's like good stuff. But what if that's not God? But that, that's what we're praying about. Like, do you want us to keep washing feet? Like, what is it that we have to do? We're, let's stay just in love. Like, we're, we're, we're like, okay, we'll do it. But people will say, oh, man, I, I've heard people say, Blaine, with, with, you, when, when, man, when are you going to be a lead pastor? When you, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm just doing what God wants me to do. But the world will say, you need to do this next. I would like to say that I believe there are many worship leaders that, that have missed their, sound, their song and their sound. There are many associate pastors that have lost their moment because they had to be the pastor. There are many people that have missed an encounter with God because they didn't like the way they were missed in a church of 300. There are many people that have missed an encounter with God because that church only had 40. And their children's program is not good enough. Maybe God was calling you to be a part of the children's program. And I'm speaking this to myself, but we, we've got to set apart the silly things that we let control our heart. And we have to fall in love with Jesus because on earth as it is in heaven, nobody thought that the Savior would come lowly on a donkey. Nobody thought that the Savior of the world would die on a tree. Nobody thought our Savior would wear a crown of thorns. But I would propose that he was in love. That even when he cried, even when he wept, he went to be alone with the Father. He went to be alone in the garden to pray. He said, you know, can this cup pass from me? Nevertheless, your will be done. I'm in love. I'll let this cup pass from me, but, but if it won't, I'll, I'll do it. I'm, I'm in love. Father, that's your word. I, 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 I'm in love. I've been reading Fox's book of the martyrs. Who knows that book? It's a classic. I heard people say uh, back in the old days, you always had like grandma's big, you know, New King James or King James Bible and then Fox's book of the martyrs. Those were like the decoration pieces for religious people, I guess. But I've been reading it and story after story of people that died for the gospel. Story after story. One of the kings, I don't remember which one, I probably should, but they, he, he lined the Christians up and put a shirt of wax on them, and that was his light for his parties. Set them on fire, and they'd burn. Other ones were, were martyred in the most terrible ways. Thrown in dens of lions. Some a young girl was taken from her family. They put her on a post, and were going to crucify her and torture her. And her parents begged, just, just renounce Christ. It'll be okay. And she said, nope. That's first love. But how come for me, I'll, I'll preach to me, and I hope this, this is for some of you. How come we have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning? We struggle. Like Jesus, I heard a pastor say this. Jesus walked up a mountain to pray. But yet I'm stumbling to turn the Keurig on and grab my Bible and sit down and say, oh, Matthew 24 is where I left off. I'm going to read. 
But Jesus walked up a mountain to pray. Jesus took his squad to the garden and said, keep watch. That's first love. We have to, first love will be the only way we can set our minds on things above. We are citizens of another kingdom. We are citizens of another kingdom. Why are our hearts not in line with that? When you're a kingdom of a, when you're a citizen of a higher kingdom, the things down here you may perceive and know they're going on, but they don't dictate your intimacy with the Lord. They don't dictate your intimacy, your time you spend in the secret place. They don't dictate your worship. They don't dictate. We are citizens of a higher kingdom. It's time we start to walk in that citizenship and that authority. That authority, that first love, that he is God the Father, and we don't try to say, well, yeah, creator of all things, but, but, I, I think, and I'm not going to get to finish this whole word, but I'm going to end with this, saying these few last things, but that Lord we fell in love with, the one where we were doing radical things, like, yeah, where's water? I believe I can walk on it. They have a thing that says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His word is the same. So when he says, therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. That has not changed. That has not changed. We have to stop dabbling with unclean, uncleanliness. We have to stop dabbling in sin. We find the closest line to where it's like, where's the line between heaven and hell? And I'll walk that. You're not in love. We have to quit robbing from the church and saying, I don't feel like pressing in. You want to know what happened to the last two people that I read about in the book of Acts that said, we're not going to give our full what we got from our land. We're not going to give our full money. They died. What Lord is this? One that wants our intimacy. It's time that we come out from among and we live consecrated, pure lives. It said, when I formed you in the womb, it doesn't say so you can use grace as a license to sin. If your theology is bad, it's because you're not in love. If Jesus is perfect theology, he never once condoned and said it's okay to sin or like just accepted sin. He didn't. He never said that. But yet I see a generation of people that will get on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and use Twitter to say, or use that platform to say, don't judge me. I talk to parents, what's wrong with my child? I'm not beating them up. I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying they're not in love. So you don't have to say, can I do this? Can I do this? Or X, Y, or Z. They haven't fallen in love yet because when you fall in love, Pastor Rowe says this, biblical love always transforms. So how can you be walking in the love of the Father and be in first love and remain the same? First love is the only way to say, let the old me die. I'm down with that. Your natural won't say that, but first love will say, oh, take me. It would be my honor. Leviticus eleven forty four says, for I am the Lord your God. 
For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves. And you shall be holy. For I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourself with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This can only be done in the place of first love. You will find joy in it. Just as a child. Just as a deer pants for water. How do you get to those places? First love. Pruning is hard. But when you're in in first love, you'll say, if it's not pleasing to you, take it out of me. Lord, send me through the fire. In your mind, that'll sound horrible. But in your place of first love, you'll say, God, I want to burn for you. Why don't I have a platform? You're alive. You have a home. You have an apartment. If not, one of these days, coffee shops will open back up. I want to meet you there. I, I want to, I want to spend, I want to, like, like when it's first love, you'll meet with people and the gospel will just come out of you. I just, I'm going to stop preaching from there. But I want to give an opportunity for a time of ministry. I feel like I should share this, um, Ministry being led by the Spirit. Ministry in a place of first love looks like Jesus. When he was walking, he would walk to a city and he would have compassion on the city. See, in the church, first love isn't a good message because it might make me convicted or I might lose church members. But see, we've confused in the church compassion and compromise. And Genesis chapter 4 verse 7 says, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it says when, when you get to a place of compromise, sin is at the door. Sin is at the door. When you've compromised first love for things that make more sense, things that gain you a higher position, things that, that are more comfortable for you. First love isn't always easy. First love is oftentimes being a sacrifice. But God will always be there. He'll always reward you. He will always take you higher. First love will say, yes, I will certainly lay down my life. And when you do that, He brings the increase. He brings the elevation. I believe that we can get to a place where Marion will be saved. God gave me a word when we walked on the streets and did street evangelism this summer. And, and, and He said, Blaine, I feel like Marion is going to be a hub of revival. And I said, okay, not Columbus. Are you sure Columbus is bigger? No, Marion is going to be a hub of revival. And, and, and he said, and, and I spent time praying on that. And then I went to a conference where, anybody know upper room worship? Well, their pastor was preaching and he, their church upper room shouldn't have started as a church. It just people were getting together, just worshiping God. And he said, I believe more things like upper room are going to be launched that, are, that aren't worried about churches. Let churches do their thing. But hubs of his presence are going to emerge to the surface. Hubs of love. Hubs where people walk in and the presence is so thick that people get whacked with this love and say, What? Who is this king of glory? Who is this king that lavishes this love on me? That would lay down his life for me? And they enter into that place of first love. And I want them to look around and see when they come into the gathering place to see people that they say, Abigail, how long have you been in this love? And she says, I've been following the Lord for however many years she says. And they say, but but it's first love. It it didn't wear off. No. See, when I got married, there was all kinds of men saying, yeah, you're just in first love. It'll wear off. And they take that into their relationship with the Lord. That is not this king. This first love is a place where you dwell. 
This is a place where you live. This is a place you never have to leave. If you want to operate in the prophetic gift, stay in first love. And you'll be so prophetic, you won't even know it. If you want to see people healed, operate in first love. You don't have to launch a healing ministry. Just stay in first love. First love. Everything else will flow from that place. So I want to open this altar. You don't even have to have a reason to come. Maybe maybe you want to be born again. That would be one. Maybe you say, I've moved on to other things and I've left first love. And I want to get back to that place of first love. I want to get back to that place where every word, if, if you say it, I believe it, where that's true. I want to be in that place where, where I just follow him and I have no other excuse besides I'm in love. I'm like the teenage girl that follows her boyfriend around. Just like, oh, he's going over here. I'm going to go. And he's going over. Like, if, if we want to get back to that place of first love, I want you to come forward. And let's just love on him. Let him love on you.